0: John Maxwell. When the top companies in the world are looking for trainers, speakers, and coaches, there's one name that stands above the rest, and that's Maxwell Leadership. Our certified team members have gotten proven results for companies all over the globe, and our reputation, I'm proud to say, is second to none. Some of our members have risen to the top of their profession, including the one you're going to meet today. I proudly introduce you to my
1: friend, Bob Fabian Zinka. Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach Beezy. If you need to develop into a better leader, this podcast is for you. If you want to achieve a greater level of success, this podcast is for you. His mentor, Dr. John C. Maxwell said it best, everything rises and falls on leadership. We hope to inspire you today and provide you with an insight that has the potential to positively impact the trajectory of your life. Welcome to the Leadership and Success Podcast.
2: Hello, LinkedIn family. This is uh, Coach Busy. And uh, welcome to the uh, very first edition of the uh, third season of the uh, Leadership and Success Podcast. So I am here with a very uh, special guest. And I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. And uh, while you are there, please uh, let me know where you are watching from. Add it to the comments. And if you have any question for me or my guest, please uh, go ahead and type it in the comments. So without uh, further ado, let me introduce to you uh, Nefertiti Strickland. How are you doing this morning, Nefertiti? I'm well, I'm well. How are you? Wonderful so i'm I'm really excited to have you i think it's been almost a year since we've been planning this and maybe you can tell us a little bit about your leadership journey mm, leadership journey uh,
0: so they have a saying that you are not a leader until you create other leaders i believe i've done that so i qualify as a leader often i'm referred to as an expert in a few different fields but I shy away from that title of expertise because there's always so much to learn there's always an opportunity for someone with less experience to come in and shed some light on a different aspect of that area that will help you grow your understanding and effectiveness so for me my leadership journey has been platformed by my lifelong journey of learning first as a child then through adolescence to young adulthood and now as an adult 43 years I have lived on this planet and I look for patterns and when I express those patterns to others I'm said to have led them to something but I'm really just pointing it out so you hear people talk about servant leadership, you hear them talk about leaders eat last or refer to that. I believe that those are um, those are great ways to look at it. I feel as though if I plan properly, if I lead properly, I will take care of the people around me. So being a child of five or a child of uh, five children in my, my family, I was second to last, I, I often had to fight <laughs> for, for my for my place, but born to two military non-commissioned officers, the thought of leadership was always in my home. Both of my parents were leaders, my father an in infantryman, my mother in aviation, uh, and with those older siblings, I watched. Right. And so at the age of 17, I joined the National Guard. So I became a part of the US military where, again, I was young, but I was asked to be a leader among my peers. And it came second nature to me because of that upbringing, because of the way that my home was structured. And I I had an opportunity to do some amazing things by falling in alignment with the adult leaders in that military program that were around me. So. As I grew into adulthood, again looking for those patterns, and whether it's my professional career as a civilian or now as a as a military officer, I look for opportunities to learn. I look for opportunities to learn from others, and I look for
2: patterns. and, and those things are consistent in my leadership. Wow, that that is really uh, fascinating, and I do believe that leaders are learners. So as a Lira, what are you learning right now, or which which book are you reading?
0: So I'm. I have many books dog-eared and marked, uh, and and I have a sagging uh, bookshelf. <laughs> if I were to go and, and look at my Amazon uh, history of books that I've ordered, it's everything from leadership proper to education formal education, blockchain technology, artificial intelligence, menopause. There are so many intersections in my life that I'm looking to learn from the lessons of others to bring into my awareness. So I will move through those spaces, at least with some foundational knowledge. Uh, It is the 30th of January, 2023, and we are about to um, observe Black History Month here in the US. So there is one book in particular that uh, I keep very close to me, and that is Everything You Need to Know Before, Race and Racism Dialogue by Walter D. Palmer. He is a lecturer at the University of Pennsylvania, a civil rights leader here in the greater Philadelphia region, and it is written to be understood by students on a third grade level. It's very, very accessible. And the way that the book is structured, I'm a fan because it gives you historical figures um, there with the context of their ethnic or racial or even religious affiliation and then it provides you with uh, chronological events a timeline so if you want to talk about judaism here are some significant figures and then here's the timeline and it allows us to create mutual understanding or at least decide on some facts which are really important Important right now, as we put the topic into context, and we seem to need those two things right now in whatever we're discussing a foundational knowledge, artificial intelligence, and then a timeline, how did this technology, where do we say that it began, and then how has matured before we start to talk about, you know, branded artificial intelligence platforms. And if we'd apply that logic to everything, I think we'd bring a whole lot more people along this journey with us.
2: Well, th- that is quite uh, fascinating. And uh, you mentioned Dr. Palmer is one of my EOs. I think is a living legend. And I understand you do have a personal relationship uh, with the man and you might be doing some some work with him. You may, I don't know if you are allowed to talk about it now or not, but can you tell us a little bit more about Dr. Palmer? How you got to uh, know him and, and if, if possible, what type of work you might be doing with the legend. The legend, the goat, <laughs> or one
0: of the goats. Uh I, I consider myself fortunate to have many people in my network that are narrowly focused that I would refer to as subject matter experts. And uh mm-hmm. Dr. Palmer was born, I want to say, in nineteen thirty-four. So even trying mm-hmm. to conceptualize almost a hundred years old here yes. in uh, the Philadelphia region in New Jersey, and then moved to Philadelphia uh, in, in the community that is, um, was labeled the Black Bottom. And if I fast forward through so many important details about his life, he teaches today at the University of Pennsylvania. Race and racism is what he lectures on. So mm-hmm. it, it's not that that's the most important thing to talk about, but the context that he provides is so
2: important. So important. Wow. That is, that is, that is just fascinating. Now, another thing about you, and while I'm going to say this, I'm going to show a little bit about your LinkedIn page, right? You are a cyber technology strategist. Uh, podcast host, military officer, adjunct professor, and you learn uh, your community through emerging technology initiative in K20 science, technology, engineering, arts, which is very important, and mathematics. So from STEM to STEAM education. Can you tell us more uh, about STEAM and how you kind of got involved with it and why you think art is so important today?
0: So from STEM to STEAM, and it's really just semantics, right? It's really just how we choose to codify and label. Uh, For me, the arts of expression is accessible to anyone. You do not have to be a subject matter expert. You can go get your MFA if, if you so choose, but art is something that you solely get to be subjectively judge of, right? Whereas mathematics, not so much science and technology? Maybe not. So if we take a child and put music on and that child moves, it, that child is expressing itself in an, in an art form. If that child starts to, to, uh, to belt out some tunes, it's, the child is expressing himself. And it could be beautiful. It could be natural, genius that we would observe and uh, likelihood though we would put that child in singing lessons and say you are amazing let's teach you how to and that's when we start to get into education and so when we Mm. look at science technology engineering and mathematics there are those that we believe are credible those who are the holders of knowledge that the rest of us are attempting to access through first principles and again not that art is not structured a knowledge base that you can pursue an educational pathway and career in but there's a there is a natural genius in every one of us that even though we are not trained in science we're still scientists. even though we're not trained in mathematics we're still mathematicians with math plural if someone would just stop for a moment and help us understand and identify those patterns so for me wow. the arts steam make
2: stem accessible to anyone that is uh really something. Now, in my house, I, I am uh, the only quote-unquote scientist. Now, uh, when I went to school, I, I studied uh, biology, chemistry, and almost got a PhD in microbiology. biology Both my daughters really are strong in arts. That's why arts is very important to me today. My first daughter is, a, uh, I guess, a junior now in college studying music and psychology, and my second daughter really loves uh, everything artsy. But Anyway, and I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Georgette Miller. She's uh, online right now. She's my sister from the um, Black Corporate um, Board Readiness, court six, I believe, the good, right? greatest of all time. And also Chris Brown from Portland, uh, Oregon. Thank you so much for watching. And anybody watching now, if you have any question for me or my guest, please uh, feel free to type it in. And um, Nefertari, I, I, I want to get to asking you, I guess, my uh, seven favorite question. Um, first one being, what is the greatest lesson you have learned?
0: The greatest lesson that I have learned in that everything is, has, a, has a, a lifespan. And we might just have a short amount of time together. So it's important that we value that time. And when it's time to go, put that in context. An example of that is is when you're employed, we've accepted that the generations that make up our current workforce aren't necessarily going to be employed with one employer for 20 or 30 years and get that watch and retire off into the sunset, that they may very well hold many positions that their career looks non-linear Right? So it's really important for them to know when it's time to go. And understand that although you are no longer in that position with that employer, you are essentially an alumna of that institution, an alumni, you know, depending if you're female or not. So thinking about how what you've learned comes with you, and how you have an opportunity to give back, because there are people behind you that now sit possibly in the role that you sat in. So knowing when it's time to go, and if that's a, you know your military service, if that's for a corporation, if that's as a member of a, a religious congregation, you still have something to give, but it might be time to move on.
2: Wow, that, that is quite fascinating. Now, looking at your biography, I don't know where you found the time, but you are a lecturer, at the Wharton School, uh, which is one of the most prestigious school business school out there, but you also an adjunct professor for Central State University, and then you are also right in the uh, uh, Army National National Guard, and an education advisor for uh, John Versity. It's like where do you find time to do all of all of this? How, how do you balance work and life, or integrate uh, work and life? And then on top of that, I know you are married. You have children. That's definitely a, a full time job. How in the world are you able to? accomplish so much and you're just a human being like most of us
0: so i answer that question and you know speaking to another service member you understand the and you understand And where combatant commanders are able to force multiply, right? Where we are able to affect and impact those lower levels of something that's going on or something that has to happen. For me, I am accustomed to having to do many things or have many hats. Whereas I, you know, I'm not speaking on behalf of the US military right now, but as a military officer, I'm a communicator. Planner. I may have to be a movement officer. I may have to be a sexual assault officer in terms of getting that training. I could have huh. five or six different delegated roles, and I'm expected to then, one, be responsible, but then identify the tasks, communicate those tasks to hire or the stakeholders in the civilian sense, and then delegate some of the tasks to those that are below me. So as i move through it's important for me to understand what's to my left and right our left and right limits and who's there because Mm -hmm. some of the patterns that we see that need to be a theme across it's important as a planner and a leader that you're aware of them and you have the communications channels established in order to get the message there and so drones is that something we need to know about? If you look and you see uh, other experiences or other affiliations on my LinkedIn profile, is that is that siloed? Does it make sense? To the average person, it's like, wow, those are a lot of different things. They're transdisciplinary, not even interdisciplinary. They're transdisciplinary mm. and fortunate enough to have those that are very narrowly focused subject matter experts that I can tap into learn from look for the all them out and we move forward together
2: wow that is uh, very very uh, good and and I think really in my opinion uh the military all of the branches really a leadership organization we just happen to have a bunch of hardware and we can blow a bunch of stuff but uh really it's it's all about discipline and serving other other people so having said that what is the greatest leadership advice you have ever received
0: Mm, the greatest leadership advice i've ever received the leadership pause the leader's pause is doctrinally Well, at least it serves our doctrine. So it's baked into some of the military decision-making processes that we leverage to organize, to plan, right? And knowing that I don't know everything, I do need to take the moments to stop, look around, assess what are the things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. And what are the things that I'm not doing that I should be, mm. so that leaders pause.
2: Wow, that is uh, something. And it's, it's really amazing though with leadership specifically how you can apply it to course, you know, pretty much all of the uh, functions out, out of our course industries and no, no, really no, no matter what you do in life, it is applicable. And I don't know where I got that from. I think I was about 17 years old. And back then I was a pre-med student, but I just knew in my heart that there were three things I needed to be an expert in, no matter what. One was leadership, one was uh, technology. I kind of knew no, the next century would be all about tech. But then uh, the other one was uh, business uh, as uh, as uh, well. But uh, it, is, it is really... Formidable uh, to have, especially in this 21st century, I I, I feel like uh, leadership is one of the skills that uh, we really need to get better at because technology pretty much, you know, AI, we're talking about child GPT now and all of that, you know, before you you know it, the robotics and uh, technology will take away a lot of the entry. Uh, jobs I, I, I think we don't need human being to do things that computers can do so efficiently you know, and without sick leave without vacation leave and without 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 pay but it's still there is room I, I believe in the future for those people who are going to lead imp, implement um, program and uh, influence people. so you already told me about what what you were learning right right now but related to that what is the greatest investment you have made in yourself? My education. Yes. My
0: education. So when you say technology, business, and leadership, those are the three areas We believe are important for development, your sustainment. I look at technology as the tool, business as the, the commerce, and leadership as the organization of people, wow. right? And things. So when do we not need tools for? When are we not exchanging values with others and in the context of our economy, commerce? And then when do we not need to organize to be able to do something that our two hands and our one brain, two eyes, two ears, one mouth can't do? Right? So everything I've ever felt was valuable was about how can I use those tools? What tool is that? What value does it have? What life Span does it have? How can I apply it? Commerce? How can I engage with others and exchange value? Organization? I can't do it all by myself, and I only have 24 hours. Independent. How much money in the bank account? Right. So I, like you, believe that those three areas, technology, business, and leadership are important. But how do I get access to learning about those things from others and their lessons learned? And so formal and informal education is where I choose to make my investment because someone in formal education will pre-select and possibly pre-chew the information for me to identify and be able to absorb the value or the nutrients from to grow in the way that I see fit. In formal education, not everything gets taught in the classroom, not everything gets brought into the classroom. I teach blockchain technology at St. Joseph's University. Not every university student across the country, luckily YouTube Mm -hmm. University or self-guided learning is accessible today in 2023 wasn't always the case, so we would look to formal education institutions to provide us with opportunities to
2: grow and learn. Wow, that is uh, wonderful to know. So basically, your education doesn't end once you earn your bachelor's degree. Uh, when I think about you know my my parents, especially my, my grandparents back then, even high school wasn't really a requirement, and and really you would go to full high school or maybe two years of college. And that's it. That's all of the learning you need to do for your entire life, and then work for a single company for twenty years, thirty years, and get to a gold watch and retire. But like you said earlier during the podcast, that's just not the way things are today, no. are they? And uh, one thing I remember, my uh, godfather always told me was, you know, "Get an education," because that's one thing that nobody will ever, ever be able to take away from you. Uh, wow, this this is this is really fascinating. So, um, as a leader, though, I really believe that success and failure are two sides of the same coin. And uh, I know we celebrate a lot of great people because of their great success. But uh, my question for you is, uh, so that's the third question, how has failure shaped your life?
0: Mm. You know, that's a hard one. Cause to, to, to answer that question, you have to one admit failure, right? Which is, is not easy for for everyone to do and and don't be failure at the end uh it's kind of um it's kind of like saying you lost the race well if you didn't stop the clock or if it wasn't only a hundred meters maybe i would have run further faster right and so life it it is finite for all of us but i'm still running my race so where have i failed can't say that I paint it with that brush. I paint it with the brush of, I lost that battle. But the campaign, the war, is much longer than that. And so part of the way that I learn is through quote unquote failure or through not hitting all of my targets or marks or uh, meeting all of my requirements. And if I understand where the opportunity to get up or to try again is, I can learn from that. But often in education, it is a pass or a a, a, a degree of of failure in that you you didn't get 100. But there's so much value in getting it wrong and discussing why. I actually encourage that in my students because I am not perfect. So I like the I like the frameworks that guide gamification because it creates a sandbox where you can fail. The objective is to, to, to win, but to win, you must learn. You must understand the context. You must understand the, the playing field or the battle space. So for me, failure is the greatest teacher. Provides the greatest lesson, but because of the fear of failure, I choose to paint it with a different brush. That's all.
2: Wow, that is uh, very insightful. So uh, earlier you you mentioned Dr. Palmer. I think he's a legend. Definitely somebody I'd, I'd like to know. But uh, who do you know that we should know? Who are some of your mentors, for t- leaders that you are following right now?
0: Hmm. You know, uh, my husband loves some Stoic philosophy, philosophy Aurelius, and thinking about some of the some of the greats. When I am learning, I look to I look to the frameworks. I really like the the synergistic um, methodology. Fuller uh, spoke to I number of military leaders that i follow in terms of people though i'd like to send you a list i don't know if linkedin profiles will be most appropriate uh, because sometimes it's hard for me to draw a line from those that i'm reading or reading about those that are living those who have passed because it 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 makes up it makes up the, the, the continuum of the experience that I'm having. Um, so would love to introduce mm. you to, to Dr. Carr. Lo- if, if that's what you, if, if that would do it for you, BZ, I would <laughs> love to Dr. <introduce> <laughs> and, and if there's anyone, I like to build in public, that's a framework as well. Um, there's a, a, a Dr. Jim Jensen, who is doing some amazing research in Qatar right now that that i'm attempting to build in public with there's a, a dr uh, teresa seraphim who's in portugal that i'm building with in public there's a dr jaw hayes he uh, here in the greater philadelphia region that i'm building in, in public with right now in real time there are students that i'm engaged with when you said how do you do all these things there's a community with each one of those things there's a network that of those individual community members gives me access to. Um, So I I host convenings. I host roundtables discussions where I bring people together so they can meet one another because it's just like, wow, we need to be in the same room. We need to have time to network and get to know one another. You're out in the West Coast. I, I travel there seldom, but I would love to be able to come out meet members of your network come join me come join me on the east coast come to a convening and then you'll be able to meet those people but the offer right. beyond if you see me dialogue with anyone on linkedin more than likely i i know them so i'd be happy to make any introduction that would be helpful
2: that is that is fantastic and that goes for my audience as as well and earlier you also mentioned Some of the people who have uh, influenced you are not just the ones that are living now, but some that may be dead. So thinking about even people from history or people who are alive today, uh, if you could choose three people, right, three uh, to have dinner with, who would you choose and why? Wow. Um,
0: Mary Bethune, who Bethune Cookman is named for, she was an honorary general in the women's auxiliary corps for the military for the army and did some amazing work that many people don't know about i would love to be able to sit and talk to her because very similar to my lived experience she had her hand in so many things with so many organizations an advisor to I believe, the Truman administration and so just to be able to sit and learn from that strategist I would consider it a gift I would love to be able to sit with my grandmother Daphne King she was a, a who came to the U.S. at my father's uh, encouragement when he joined the U.S. military, but but she was a, a woman who was born and raised in the country of, of Panama. And I, I did not know as a child the gift that she was. And so now as a, a woman with my own children, I would love to talk to her specifically about my father, like all the things she could tell me about my dad, right? And so the third would be my, my, my mother's mother. And understanding a little bit more about the lives of, of these women, I believe would add some context to my own experience in a, in a meaningful way.
2: Wow. Thank you so much for uh, sharing. So what have you done you know, looking for out your life and your career? that you think we should do as, as well, or one action that you've taken that has positively impacted uh, your life?
0: So one thing, uh, come up with a, a learning plan for yourself. Understand how you learn first, and then come up with a learning plan for how you will sustain yourself as we migrate into the fourth industrial revolution. Which it's happening in real time because there's it's it's impossible for us to know everything. It's impossible for us to spend as much time as we need to studying or becoming learned in these different spaces and sector sectors mm. of development. So how will you as a human being with a human brain yet know nothing is implanted in you yet? to throttle all of this data and information that's coming our way. So how will you manage it in a way where you feel informed and you believe that you can filter how, if, and
2: when you need to? Wow. Thank you so much. That is quite insightful. So uh, if you had one and only one day to live, what would you have liked your final contribution to be? Wow.
0: I don't know if that's morbid or that, I don't know. (laughs) What are we doing? If today was it, I would um, have to end this call immediately and it would take me about 35 minutes to get home. And I would want my children and my husband there with me and i would want that that time spent with them
2: wow thank you so much for sharing and i know uh we all went through this global pandemic you no know, i think it's what more than six hundred thousand people died in the u.s uh, alone and uh yeah I, I know exactly what you mean and i only really believe there are things in life much more important than money career and all of that and sometimes you know you kind of have to put things in perspective um so i guess the last question i have for you is how can we add value back to back to you thank you so much for being on this podcast you know, hopefully more than 30 plus thousand people are going to be able to listen to this in the next uh, couple of months but uh what could we do to make a difference in your life
0: at this moment, provide me with probably a 3D printed Kleenex remotely, because you just got me. That should have been the last question, Bob. What What is that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, oh, um, you know, there are actionable things that I would want your hundreds of thousands of followers to, um, that I believe would, would make a difference, but, be kind be kind to one another approach engagement with others from a position of wanting to understand give people the benefit of the doubt and that crosses all sectors of industry levels of leadership at this moment in time we need to we need to be kinder to one
2: another. Wow, that is very simple, but I think uh, very insightful, be kind. Wow, I love it. And uh, so we are pretty much at the end of the podcast now. One uh, you thing I'm gonna start doing for season number three, I'm gonna ask you for three adjectives that describe you as a child.
0: Three How adjectives that... So I've been always described as charismatic, always. Uh, Curious, but naive. A bit naive.
2: (laughs) Charismatic, (laughs) curious, and naive. I like that. What about three adjectives that describe you right now?
0: Still charismatic. (laughs) I'm still charismatic. I'm still curious, but I'm aware. I am
2: aware. Yes. And uh, and I saw from my discussion, awareness is really part of your leadership tool. And I think as a leader, you definitely need to be aware of your surrounding, and eventually maybe be the person that makes things happen. But at, at minimum, being aware of what's going on around you and, and adapt. Wow, that is that is wonderful. Okay, the very 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 last uh, question or ask is: uh, Can you give us one word that represents our shared experience here? In this podcast, we've been speaking for about what 45 minutes or so. What is one word that sums it up for you?
0: Hmm, one word. Um, it's going to have a negative connotation for some, but
2: agenda. What will we do? Wow. Okay, that is enough, enough, enough said because. Um, <laughs> like we say in the military it's it's really all about action right you can have very good intention and you can learn a lot but what do you do with that knowledge what positive uh impact do you do you have on 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 the world and i think being kind is definitely something we need more of in this in this world uh thank you so much for your time i really really do appreciate that so You are live on LinkedIn right now, and I believe on uh, Twitter and Facebook as well. And in the next couple of hours or so, you're going to be on all of the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Amazon, and Spotify, and all of them. Again, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Leadership and Success Podcast with your host, Coach BZ. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our channels and come back for more wisdom nuggets on how you may develop into a better leader and achieve greater levels of success leadership is the most critical skill. The world will always need leaders to lead others, deploy the next disruptive technology, or execute a business strategy. You may as well decide on counting yourself among the 21st century leaders. See you right here next time on the Leadership and Success Podcast with Coach BZ.